When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Live around Australia on SEN Track. Welcome to Kiwi Chasing for New Zealand Greyhounds. The first bet Sunday through Friday. grnz.co.nz Good morning. Welcome to Kiwi Chasing. Jordan Canellis with you here on a Sunday, filling in for Damien Watson, who will be back in the chair with you very soon. Here for Kiwi Chasing, New Zealand Greyhounds, the first for form. As always, our two main men on the program uh, Mark and Andy, we welcome them now. Mark Rosanowski, firstly. Mark, welcome. How are you going? Yeah, Jordan. Hey, uh, look, welcome to Kiwi Chasing. Good to have you on board here. And I'm um, going well, thanks. We um, we had a really good meeting on Friday at uh, Palmerston North, which is the track nearest to me. I'm, I live in Wellington. I'm, I'm two hours south, but it's the nearest track these days. And the other track that I uh, used to commentate at, uh, Hetrick Raceway, where we hosted uh, a number of Group 1 races. Well, that's been out of action for... A little while now and a couple more months to come by the looks as they go through a review to look just to make their track um, a bit safer. And consequently, we missed a couple of significant meetings, the Group 1 Wanganui Carp and uh, Spion Rose meetings, which also have uh, associated other group races around them. So Greyhound Racing New Zealand came to the party, said we uh, need to have a premier meeting in the central districts to kind of cover for those. And so we've got... Um, a meeting coming up this Friday, we will have the final of the $30,000 wind power stakes, uh, the final of the $15,000 WF Massey Memorial over the 720 metres, and the final of the $15,000 Turbo Territory Sprint over 410 metres. So uh, looking forward to that. And we had heats on Friday. And uh, Jordan, a lot of our discussion this morning will be in and around what happened last Friday and what might happen this coming Friday. Absolutely. And our first guest revolves around that as well. We welcome uh, to the program Andy McCook, who's with us as well. Andy, welcome. Yeah, uh, thanks for that, Jordan. Pleasure to be along for uh, another Kiwi Chasing. And yeah, as Rosso said, it's all about the central districts at the moment with uh, those heats and finals to be run uh, and won. And uh, good that uh, GRNZ putting on these heats to uh, to compensate for those loss of meetings uh, out of uh, Hedrick Raceway. So good for uh, all the trainers and, and owners alike to be able to get into some uh, some premier stakes, even though Hedrick Raceway is out of action. And Andy, um, look, um, was terrific to have the Canterbury contingent come up and uh, we'll talk a little bit later in the show about uh, their contribution to the finals next week, but in particular the wind power stakes with dogs like It's a Blazer, Power Superstar, Raja Bale. It's actually got to be quite a special race. It's going to be very good, and uh, we'll, we'll, as you said, we'll have a chat about uh, some of those Southerners a little bit later on. Some of them going to improve uh, markedly, you would think, after their first look at the track, and you throw in the locals, the likes of Mustang Charlie and Cumbria Lad that have got speed to burn. It's uh, it's going to be a dead set boomer. And uh, Jordan, another thing we'll do on a Sunday and have been is concentrating on the meeting out of Monaco for the Auckland Greyhound Racing Club. They were in a, an interesting situation up there at the moment, and they've been able to cart nine races on a Sunday just from uh, local dogs, sort of six or seven trainers. And um, look, uh, you know, we've spoken to uh, most of those trainers over the past few weeks. Today, a little later in the programme, we're going to have a chat to John Roberts, who's the president of the Auckland Greyhound Racing Club, 
just to see how they're going, how they're getting through financially, how, how regulations might uh, change for them at the end of this week when New Zealand moves into a new traffic light system, what effect that'll have on the Auckland Club. And John just happens to be the part owner of, would you believe, 12 greyhounds are counted up uh, on the card this afternoon at Monaco. So hopefully looking for a bit of inside information out of John a wee bit later too. Excellent. Looking forward to that later on in the program. Our, our first guest though, we start off with Gary Fredrickson, who was the trainer of both heat winners at the Massey Memorial Distance at Palmerston North on Friday. And he's with us here on Kiwi Chasing. Gary, welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. Yeah, good to be here. Gary, look, thanks for your time again. Mark Rosanowski here. Real pleasure to call two races over 720 metres. I must commend Greyhound Racing New Zealand for putting those on, with five runners in each heat. But very important, as you will know, uh, Gary, <laughs> better than me, that, uh, you know, you've got these 700 metre dogs. Um, you really need to get some racing into them. So f- to be able to have heats going into a final must have been a bit of a boon for you guys. Yeah, yeah, it is. And coming off um, their Addington campaigns as well, um, it, it leads really nicely into this. And, and of course, it'll lead very nicely into um, further distance racing at Waikato over Christmas. So, um, yeah, it's a good time to have, have the odd 700 metre dog kicking around. Well, the first heat you took out with uh, He's Ali, and I want you, Gary, to take us inside this greyhound's head because I can't read him, <laughs> um, but we know we know that he's very, very good. And when he's on song, look, he, he, he won um, first up over 660 metres at the Manawatu, and I thought, gee, he might dominate this for, uh, for the next few weeks, but he, he didn't at all. Then we saw him run a very good race in a heat of the New Zealand Stars Cup, made the final, but he never featured in the final at all. But he came out on Friday and won very convincingly. So, tell us about this dog. Is he as tricky as he seems? Uh, I, I don't think he is. I think, and basically, he is chasing really well. Um, I know he drifts wide on the on the straights, but but he doesn't lose a lot of ground. I mean, if he was going that wide round the bends, he'd lose a ton of ground. But just sort of drifting out on the on the back straight, he, he basically he's inviting something through on his inside if they're good enough. Uh, I think where the complications come for this dog is, is he's come off a heap of 660 starts at Manawatu where he's drawn wide and it's not really his go to be starting so close to a bend and drawn wide. He can't get any go on into the bend, parked out, and only that short run. And, and I had a feeling he'd go better at Addington jumping from the sprint boxes and getting that wind up there on the back straight, and I was exactly right. He really needs to wind up before he hits the bend um he unfortunately in the final he just scurried off the pair off the mats and um and, and just blew his chances um, but he felt tremendous so i felt the 720 i wasn't sure how he'd run it out but I, I i thought that he would be a lot more prominent having that good run to the first bend and if you have a look at his run he did jump fear and then he then he just found that power in a straight line and, and got himself beautifully posied with a lot of way on going into that first bend and um, I think it really suits him. Gary, that's really good insight into this fella because uh, on song he's very good. Now, uh, the key obviously to the 700 metre races as well is when they have heats, how well can they back up for the final? So what would you expect from him in well, seven days' time from the race, but uh, obviously it's five days' time from now. On Friday, how well do you expect him to back up in the final? 
Yeah, no, he'll he'll back up really well because um, he's come through it really well. I've only just got in from taking him for about a four-kilometre walk and he he towed us up the road like he's absolutely booming at the moment. So I'd be quite shocked uh, if he if he didn't back up. And you'll be looking for a, a wide draw in that final again? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, if we could run a replay of that heat, it would be more than adequate. Certainly would. The draws are out uh, tomorrow, Monday. Second heat, one in a fraction faster of a time by fine intention for, for you and Sandra. And Gary, I've got to say, um, she thoroughly deserved this because she was very, very unlucky uh, in a heat of the New Zealand Stayers Cup. Yeah, she she got the perfect run. She didn't spend a penny. And um, I think Harley just got the stitch a bit too quickly and it forced her, forced her off his back quite fast and, and she sort of jumped off his back and, and into the path of the eight dogs swooping around as well so that was you could run that race you know a hundred times and that wouldn't happen but it, it did then so she went from pretend well, I think she would have won it to, to not qualifying so that was disappointing um, I was huge on her yesterday coming off the back of, of a really nice trial the week before uh, for eleven dollars, it was um, it was money for jam. Really, it was yeah. She she's she's very well. Um, she's so laid back that dog. She just goes with the flow. But come race time, she she jumps those boxes and puts in. And again, how well is she back? Or how well do you expect her to 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 back up going week to week? Of course, she she did make the uh, final of the Duke of Edinburgh Silver Collar over the longest distance we have in New Zealand, seven hundred and seventy nine metres. Yeah, um, I think she she actually would have potentially placed in that that final, um, but and she sometimes hits a flat spot just turning into that final bend, and then she seems to find again in the straight and, and rips in the rocks. He got up on her inside and and really gave her no room thereafter, and um, and therefore we finished fifth. And uh, I, I I actually would deem her the safer bet to back up. I think she's so laid back. She's just moseyed up the road now as if she hasn't got a worry in the world and back again to the kennel. And she's she's just very cruisy, very determined, got a wonderful staying action, lovely lopey stride, very efficient way of going. Um, can probably handle being drawn anywhere in the final. So prefer her probably on the inside, really. But um, yeah, so no, I think both of them should back up and, uh, they only, you know, the, the, sort of two or three hours after the race, they were home eating their tea and, and relaxing. So that, that's got to put them in good stead. Time's very similar for them in the heats. Uh, fine intention wound up with a 42.08 compared to his Ali 42 and 15. Fine intention's early sectionals a little quicker than his Ali, and his run home was 8.53 to her 8.60. So. It almost feels like with these two runners, uh, Gary, you've got all bases covered in, in terms of, you know, uh, where they might draw and, and how they might race. Yeah, um, I, I, I literally, the week before, I hand-slipped them over 700 metres and you couldn't separate them at the line. Like, And I wondered whether one was waiting for the other or something, you know, but the, the time was phenomenal. It was, it was a fantastic time. And I thought, no, I think they're both going hard out, but they just, you just can't separate them on ability. They, they, and, and those two times suggest that too. I would say probably on a one-on-one, fine attention often holds just a, like a length or two 
over over his Ali at, at the end if they're both slogging it out together. Um, and so I was surprised to see his Ali's run home a little bit quicker. But um, yeah, there's nothing between those two dogs. I'll bring in Andy McCook here. Andy, I'm not sure if you've got any more to add uh, there on the two heat winners of the WF Massey Memorial, but uh, we're wondering too if uh, Gary and Sandra Fredrickson might have some midweek winners for us so that we can load up for Friday. Yeah, not a lot more to add uh, there, Rosso, for the, the stayers. But, uh, Gary, good morning to you. We'll just have a quick run through your, your team on Wednesday. You've got uh, you've got about seven going around, so hopefully we can find a winner here. Race uh, one dog, two high view, Sammy going around, still a maiden, but she's been knocking on the door her last couple. Yeah, probably will need the run, but is a very hard chaser and is drawn down near the paint. So she has got some upside, but I wouldn't be surprised if she just needs this blowout. Move on to race three. You've got two going around here. Eddie Everest and uh, Highview Ness coming up with box one and two. Probably not ideal for Eddie down on the rail? No. Um, both of them, I'd say, discard them from one or two. But I actually had a look at the field, and it's not overly strong. And and if if I was banking on one of them to use the draw better than the other, I would say Eddie Everest. Um, so... I'd probably say he might be the the better one in that race. They've both obviously got um, some ability at that at that grade, um, but yeah, I just don't think it's an overly strong field. So um, if if he copped any sort of jump from the inside, then then they certainly would know he's there. Race number eight, uh, reverse criteria form uh, race, so uh, obviously not strong either. Defer fire going around, and although his recent form looks fair on paper, safe to say he's a little bit better than a reverse form dog. Oh, yeah. I'd, I'd be a little bit disappointed if he couldn't win that, to be fair. Um, the key will be jumping, uh, out jumping those three inside dogs and getting to the paint. If he does that, then um, I, I think the outside dogs are going to have, have their hands full with the mother's touch drawn in the middle. So it's sort of set up for him. The only the only way he, he doesn't win that, I think, is if he if just jumps really bad, you know. But if he jumps jumps fair to good, um, yeah, I'd, I'd be disappointed if he didn't win that. Two going around in race 14, drawn uh, side by side again, this time box six and seven. Highview Susie and Wi-Fi Wilbur, and uh, Susie was a, a handy last start winner. Yeah, but once again, the reverse criteria, so the competition was, was less. Um, she's a, a wonderful little hat-trick dog, but we haven't got hat-trick at the moment. She's she's making an OK fist of, of Palmerston without setting the world on fire, but hopefully, you know, we get hat-trick up and running and... Uh, She'll put her best paw forward on that track. Um, yeah, and I don't know whether Wilbur on her outside will give her the space she would like unless she outjumps them. And uh, in the last race, 15, you've got Wi-Fi Bolt going around and he downgrades. The form line attached on paper, Gary, looks uh, average, but, gee, he's been dead set luckless in about four of his last five. <laughs> yeah, no, he has. I, he's, he's done a Gracilis in the past, and I do... Wonder whether that's sort of catching up with him a little bit. His action's not as pure as you would like it. Um, having said that, he's still got ability. Um, he's downgrading, obviously, and uh, um, his hundred percent. He would he would win for fun, but I, I'm just not sure. We're, we'll probably make an assessment on his racing future after this race, but um, yeah, you certainly couldn't leave him out. That's for sure. Reading between the lines here, Gary, but I'm, uh, I'm picking Defer Fire, the best of your seven going around on Wednesday. 
Yeah, I think so. Um, and and probably keep Eddie Everest safe just, just for the calibre of that, that particular field. Well, that's uh, Gary Fredrickson. We thank you for your time, Gary. Good luck Wednesday and uh, obviously good luck Friday with the, the two stayers going around in the feature. No, cheers, guys. Good as go. Jordan, that was Gary Fredrickson. He's got a, a nice uh, team going around on Wednesday and, of course, a, a big part to play in the stayers feature next Friday uh, afternoon uh, out of uh, Manawatu. So it's going to be a big week for the Fredrickson team next week. Absolutely, absolutely. Pleasure to have Gary Fredrickson on the program. We'll take a break, guys. We'll come back on the other side of this and uh, we'll continue on our discussion, including the makeup of the Wind Power Stakes this Friday. We'll do that next here on Kiwi Chasing. Live around Australia on SEN Track, you're listening to Kiwi Chasing for New Zealand Greyhounds. First for form. Welcome back to Kiwi Chasing here this morning. Jordan Canellos with you, Mark Rosanowski and Andy McCook, as always on the program for New Zealand Greyhounds. The first bet Sunday through Friday, grnz.co.nz. Boys, we had a couple of heats at Manawatu a couple of days ago, two days ago, which leads into the Wind Power Stakes Coming up this Friday, thirty thousand uh, dollars, and the makeup of the fields. Uh, what do you um, what do you make of the field coming up this Friday? Oh, Jordan, look, it's uh, it's red hot, and uh, the Canterbury visitors are, are out in force, which is tremendous. And Andy will just have a bit of a chat through them. There were three heats for this thirty thousand dollar final on Friday draws out tomorrow, which will be important, of course, but. Um, it's a race that effectively uh, replaces the uh, the Group 1 Spion Rose. And uh, Andy, uh, the first heat Mustang Charlie took out over Raja Bale, Mustang Charlie for the Lisa Cole Kennels, and they have qualified four for the final. Mustang Charlie, of course, had been down your way, and he's a, a dog who's um, just a little bit tricky in that he can be a bit average to begin. Great mid-race burn, and then battling a touch at the finish, but back to Manawatu, he, he really appreciated it. What did you make of his run and that of Raja Bale to make the final? He's got a monster motor, doesn't he, Mustang Charlie? That second phase acceleration he has is probably second to just about no one in New Zealand. It's just dead set phenomenal. He's come out last and, you know, about 30, 40, 50 metres later, he's burned around a, a really top-notch field and by the corner he's put them to bed. So, if he can come up with a decent draw, I think probably a little bit wider to get room to move on. I think he's probably the greyhound to beat uh, come finals night. I thought Raja Bale was good. He got back like he does, made up a stack of ground late. Uh, Rosso, he's a, a greyhound who's been really hard to follow through the, the Cup Series down here. And you now he's making his way up over the 457 metres. And as we know, that you know the, the Craig Roberts team, they, they didn't exactly have the, the kindest of uh, of trips to get up north with the ferry being late and things were a little bit rushed so I think there's a stack of improvement there for Raja and I think the best version of him isn't far away Well he makes things very interesting uh, as does uh, It's a Blaze qualifying second in the second heat behind Big Time Stunner. Now Big Time Stunner is a greyhound who has really come to prominence in the last couple of weeks Andy we had labelled him as a promising dog because of what he'd done coming through the grades and some of the times he'd been able to run. But with his average beginnings, it looked like it might be tough for him at the top level, but the last two weeks have suggested, well, hang on a minute. And he's been the fastest qualifier in a 25 and 81. And it's a blaze uh, running into second. What did you make of his first up run at the Manawatu Raceway? 
thought the run was okay. I think 4.57 probably short of his best, as we all know. So uh, that's a, a little bit of a downfall for him. I'm, I'm not sold he's racing at his absolute best at the moment either. It's a blaze. I thought his, some of his uh, efforts through the, the Cup Series were just okay. And I know he was good finals night winning that 600. But he did take a, a little bit of time to get past the leader. He was thinking about it a little bit. So I don't think he's at his absolute peak. It's a blaze if there is a camp that can get him peaking. For a final like this, it's Gene and Dave Fahey. They certainly know how to win uh, Group 1 races. So he's definitely a chance on raw ability, the best version of It's a Blaze. But I think he, he might just be short of his best at 4.57. And Andy, look, fair to say, um, you know, he's been very short in the market. And um, I know it's easy to say afterwards, but, you know, we did say before. Um, it's it's quite remarkable how short he's going out up against some some really good talent and it's got to be remembered you know he's he's coming here meeting them on their patch and as you say on over a distance that probably on the face of it now seems short of his best it's a it's a relatively big trip from canterbury up there you've got a you know from dave's place it's probably four and a half five hours to picton you're three hours three and a half hours across on on the ferry on the boat and and then you're a couple of hours up to palmy so it is a a decent enough trip on these uh, on these greyhounds it's a blaze obviously knows a little bit about traveling around but it can take its toll on them at times and uh, yeah like i said i'm just not sure he's at his best in the the 457 certainly not a a pet distance for him so i think if he goes around short in the final he'll be a, a play against and I thought he was a play against in the heats as well, and Stunner was able to roll him, so it was a, a decent little price around Stunner. And geez, just a, a young greyhound who's just getting better and better, and he started off good. So scary thing for his rivals if he he keeps on that trajectory. Indeed, uh, Freedom League qualified third there, and uh, she's got early speed, which will count for her in the final. But she's going to come up against a lot of strong rivals. The third and final heat, Andy taken out by track specialist Cumbria Lad in a really good battle with big-time Kaylee, who's just strengthened up uh, all the while. Dog, I'd like your comment on a power superstar, one of the brightest young stars, if not the brightest young star in New Zealand greyhound racing, coming off the back of a, a fairly luckless third in the New Zealand Cup final at his 14th start. What did you make of his run for third, one of the fastest two-thirds, to get him through to the final? Thought it was solid. He's a, a young greyhound, as you say. It was just start number 15 for him uh, on Friday. Obviously, start 14 in the New Zealand Cup. But that was on his turf, on his back doorstep, on a track that he broke in. Um, and he knows, like, the back of his paw. It was his first race day appearance away from Addington. And although he had trialled uh, on, on other tracks, I, I know he'd been to, uh, to Hattrick Raceway in the past. It's a big step for a, a young greyhound having his first look at a one-bender on a race day. It's a, a whole different beast to racing at the very cambered hard 520 that is Eddington Raceway. So I thought he handled himself really well. I, I think of, of all the finalists, Rosso, he's probably the biggest improver from heat to final now that he's had a look around a one-bender, now that he knows what the ferry's like, now that he knows what the trip away's like, and uh, and now that he's been uh, in the kennel block and he, he knows the, the boxes at, uh, at Palmerston North and the other thing to note, Rosso, is here at Addington Raceway down in the South Island, we have a, a whistler on the on the lure, and I, I think a few tracks in Australia have these as well, but Addington, the only track in New Zealand that has one, so a little bit of a difference for him getting used to a lure without a squeaker as well, so expecting him to be a whole lot better come next Friday. And will you be looking for him to draw sort of inside three boxes? Will that enhance his chances? And if he does, is, is he a realistic winning chance? 
I, I think he's a very realistic winning chance. I, I think he's, you know, personally probably the the best of the the Fahey charges between him and it's a blaze. I, I think if he can come up with a kind draw draws with the right dogs around him, which will be uh, paramount in this, then I think he's a, a big, big winning chance. I, I think the winner of this very good as well, Cumbria lad, Rosso, we know he's the, the king of Manawatu, to be fair to him, and he was very good off a wide draw. I think if, if he can slot into an inside draw and get a nice run into the first corner, he won't be far away and potentially giving Courtney Turnwald her first group one success. Yeah, well, as I understand it, Andy, these these don't carry any group status, but they certainly have the group uh, the group stake, um, and it's uh, yeah, it's going to be a, a a big race for for young Courtney, all right, with Cumbria Lad, but um, he seems to be going extremely well from his return from Addington with uh, three straight, uh, sorry, a couple of straight wins at, at the Manawatu. Andy. Um, the Colkin was completely dominant in the Turbo Territory sprint over 410 metres. They've got all eight finalists and some good ones amongst them. Big time Cooper, the Galaxy winner, was pretty unlucky in his race, to be fair, but big time proud of that one out of six from six, the track, and then you toss in Typhoon Tim and just the grand old campaigner that is big time Brody. Yeah, I, I think surprising, uh, not surprising to, to see the Cole team dominating this race. They, they look to dominate it. Uh, pre-heat, obviously, with uh, with not only numbers, but quality as well. So, going to be an interesting final. Prada, very good. Cooper, we know he's got speed. Angel, of course, a former track record holder around uh, Manawatu, and she showed good early speed. Uh, so, it's going to be a, a good final. We know Typhoon Tim with early toe. I think uh, we can all agree, 14, probably top end of his range. But I thought he, he probably kicked on a little bit better than I thought he would, Rosso, especially considering he had to, to work a little bit to get the lead. And of course, power boom. He's a dead set speed freak on a one turn when he gets it right early. So, again, a, a race that's going to come down to draws, uh, no doubt, come next Friday. And uh, the Coles be looking for every handler that they can find there. So, Jordan, that's a look at our, our premier meeting of the week upcoming. It's on Friday afternoon uh, at Palmerston North. The, the draws will be out tomorrow. We've had the heats on Friday. Thoroughly looking forward to the outcome of those three features in a few days' time. Yeah, excellent. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to it and keep an eye out, everybody, for those draws tomorrow. Kiwi Chasing continues next for New Zealand Greyhound for the first bet Sunday through Friday, grnz.co.nz. We'll come back a little later on. We'll have John Roberts on the program, president of the Auckland Greyhound Racing Club. But uh, we'll have a look at the dogs to follow with Andy and Mark next here on Kiwi Chasing. Welcome back to Kiwi Chasing. Jordan Canellas filling in for Damien Watson today. Mark Rosanowski and Andy McCook with us as always here for uh, Kiwi Chasing New Zealand Greyhounds, the best, the first bet through Sunday, uh, from Sunday through Friday, grnz.co.nz. Uh, gents, uh, who are some of the dogs to follow over the next week or so in racing around New Zealand? Well, Jordan, uh, look, I'll, uh, I'll jump in. I'll... I'll throw out a couple for, for Wednesday very shortly at the uh, the Manawatu. We've got some young greyhounds going around there. It's a, a lower grade meeting with our, our feature meeting, of course, coming up on Friday. Draws out tomorrow, which you can check out on grnz.co.nz. They'll be at um, sort of, oh, probably about midday New Zealand time. Um, Andy, as I come to you, uh, look, our trainers have been doing well for us last week. Of course, we had Emma Potts throw out a $7, $8 winner a couple of weeks ago, and Rob Roper was really adamant about big-time Felix last week, and although he only won by a narrow margin, he did win, and he paid $5 on the tote as well. 
Yeah, he just stood up and pulled my pants down, didn't he? Old Rob Roper, first time on the show, and he's gone against Andy McCook's bet of the day, and he's just dead set giving it to me. So, uh, yeah, well done to Rob and, uh, and big-time Felix, who's uh, absolutely flying at the moment. And I don't know if I'm silly or not, but I'm going to stay at Auckland again. I've been doing a little bit of form for up there for all my work through trackside, obviously. So uh, today at Auckland, we'll, we'll get it out of the way nice and early. Race 5, Dog 3, Ginny Jin. She's a little bit of each way of value, nine and two, 30 slots into a decent draw. Um, some handy greyhounds in here, but uh, I think from a, a kind draw, if she can make a nice beginning, uh, then she won't be far away on an each way basis. Going to stick with that bet of the day from last week as well, Mirko. Uh, he wasn't bad. He ran third and behind big time Felix. He's drawn one today. I'm expecting him to lead on his ear and uh, set them up in front and from there. Be pretty hard to beat him at the moment. You're getting around $4 here in New Zealand, so it's a good enough price for him as well. And Rosso, in terms of multi-boosters, there's no prices around them, but anybody taking multis, race six, dog one, Serbian ace, he should be going home a winner in that race eight, dog one, thrilling Freddy. He should continue on his winning way. He's uh, been faultless in his last couple of starts and from box number one he should be winning again so a couple of multi-boosters one at odds and silly enough to stick with the same respect as last week Ros I hoping Mirko can get the chocolates oh no I think you can and um, look we've got a part owner of Mirko coming up on the show very shortly John Roberts so we'll get John's thoughts there and funnily enough in that race race seven he's got a share in the inside four dogs so he should be able to give us a pretty decent read on that and he's a part owner of Serbian Ace as well, who does look a dead set winner. Have to agree with you there today at Monaco. Uh, Andy, I'll just uh, keep you here for a quick uh, comment on uh, one of my tips here. Race three, number seven, Allegro Ruby. We've been waiting on her. I know she's wide again, but um, gee, Whiskers, you were tipping her out a couple of weeks ago, and I liked your thoughts in and around her. Surely she strikes the right field. Is win number two. It's got to be coming, doesn't it? You would think so. She's uh, had little luck since resuming, hasn't she, from a little bit of a, a lead-up, and certainly the wide draw going to hold no fears for her if she uh, gets her chance to get around. It's a, a very winnable race. This is the race we were talking to, to Gary Fredrickson earlier on, and he said Eddie Everest a chance off the inside play, mainly because the field's a little bit poor in terms of form, so she should be able to get herself nice and handy uh, into the first corner that you would think, Allegro Ruby, and Rosso, she's a funny greyhound. She's won one from 42, but gee, she is a whole heap better than that. You'd have to think so. So, yeah, I'm going to stick with that on your, uh, well, a bit of, bit of backup from you. I was just looking for a bit of positive affirmation there. Race three, number seven, Allegro Ruby. This is Wednesday uh, at uh, the Manawatu for the Palmerston North Greyhound Racing Club. In race four, our first article, uh, Wonder Women, um, number seven, for local trainer Bill Hodgson. Look look out for her. Um, she qualified back in August, and um, I thought she qualified really well, and we haven't seen her uh, since then, of course. And um, she qualified in behind Coiled Spring, who looks quite a nice greyhound too, or has been. So uh, race four, number seven, Wonder Woman on debut, I think might be worth a look, and we, we might get a reasonable price in there. There's a couple of dogs that'll take money in that race, I think. And in race five, there's a dog number three, all checked out, who's had two starts for two eighths. Well, I'm going with it again. Um, drew box eight both times. This dog draws closer to the rail here. Actually qualified AK. Big Caveman's Queen when qualifying, which has won a couple now. Uh, Caveman's Queen was unlucky in that qualifying trial, believe it or not, in a four-dog field. But all checked out is better than two eights, I can assure you. Race five, number three. The dog inside it. I've been waiting for a win too. Number two, Express Way. I'll be backing them both, I think, in that race. So that's a look at the midweek Manawatu on top of Andy's look at Monaco today so uh, Jordan hopefully some winners in there and shortly we'll be chatting to a man who not only is the president of the Auckland Greyhound Racing Club today but 
part owner of a dozen greyhounds, so I'm expecting a couple of winners in the next segment too. Absolutely. We'll do that next here on Kiwi Chasing. That's John Roberts, the uh, president of the Auckland GRC. We'll do that next here on the program. Andy McCook and Mark Rosanowski with our final break and John Roberts up next. Live around Australia on SEN Track, you're listening to Kiwi Chasing for New Zealand Greyhounds. First for form. Welcome back to Kiwi Chasing here. Jordan Canellis with you. As always, Mark Rosanowski and Andy McCook with us as well for New Zealand Greyhounds. The first bet Sunday through Friday, grnz.co.nz. Our final guest on the program this morning, gents, is John Roberts, the president of the Auckland Greyhound Racing Club. And he's uh, got plenty to talk about as well with, uh, as you guys mentioned, he's got dogs running uh, upcoming as well. He's on the program now. John, welcome. Thank you very much. John, Mark Rosanowski here. Thanks for joining us today. Look, um, we're, we're living in weird times and, and, and everyone's had to adjust to a to, to some sort of degree um, in life. But in terms of greyhound racing, no one's had to adjust more than the Auckland Greyhound Racing Club. And of course, you had weeks where you couldn't race at all. So just talk us through, from the perspective of the president of the club, how things have gone since you've been back racing with just your own small pool of, of greyhounds. How has it gone for the club for the turnover for the trainers, in your opinion? Mark, it's been very, very interesting. Uh, you know, during lockdown, of course, because we're on council property, we couldn't actually even get into the place for four weeks. So, you know, uh, we were very worried about the maintenance of the track, but fortunately we've got a very, very good young man that's the curator of the track, and uh, he just uh, worked all hours once we, once we could get onto the track, and he's actually got it running very well. So, you know, it did create obstacles for us. That 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 is, whilst it's it's not uh, anything that will stop us racing. You know, we do have to respect that we are on council land and have to obey by their protocols as well as our own. So, from that point of view, yeah, it's been a mission. But uh, everyone's pitched in. Uh, we've only got seven or eight trainers in Auckland, mainly just seven that are racing regularly, and it's a small pool of dogs. But you know, we're constantly getting around that mid-60s nominations and uh, we're having some very, very good racing. Everybody pitches in and helps everyone because we haven't got a lot of people on course. And from that point of view, it, it, it's gone better than what we could ever expect. I think Greyhound Racing New Zealand's initiative of putting uh, Delta Stakes up for four weeks was a lifesaver to a lot of the uh, licensed persons. And I was particularly pleased uh, with the way that money was shared around, especially the last week. It, it got shared around very nicely. And I think it's probably put people back uh, into a, uh, a manageable situation now. So all things being equal, life being what it is, I have to be pretty pleased with the way things are gone. Yes, well, those, uh, those double stakes are very, very welcome across the last month or so up there uh, for the trainers. Look, John, obviously, because of the pool of dogs, you, you've, you've had some small fields, but some of the turnovers are on the face of it, um, just, just, just looking on the tally, seem to have been reasonable. Look, Mark, the turnovers held up remarkably well. I think uh, we had about 3,800 per dog invested in the meeting in New Zealand and equal to that in Australia. So, you know, $7,000, $7,500 per dog uh, was invested on the card on Sunday. Well, that's good going, considering that we have had some small fields but in those small fields mark we've had uh some a really good dogs and b particularly the c4 and 5 500 meter races they've had uh extreme uh competition in it there's been different winners and you know they've, they've actually been damn good races um i've been particularly pleased the way things have gone there 
John, um, look, just a changing landscape for everybody again, but um, for, for you guys up there, we've got a new traffic uh, light system coming into to effect at the end of, of this current week, and things are likely to change for you uh, then and over the next few weeks. So how do you see uh, the club going forward in the next month or two? How different are things going to be, and how tricky are they going to be for you? Um, well, with Greyhound Racing uh, announcing during the week that uh, all people have to be double vaccinated to be on track from, I think it was the 3rd of December, that's going to actually make life a little bit easier for us because, as you know, we've got catering facilities here. We've got a, uh, a caterer that leases the kitchen from us and he has the bar licence. We're very keen to get that up and running, A, for his well-being because, you know, he supports us, we support him. And we still have a number of people that like to come to the races. I've just fielded two calls in the last quarter of an hour asking if people can come on course today, which of course they can't. But we'll just abide by all protocols that are laid down, but we're particularly keen to get people back on course under the protocols that exist. And as long as everybody plays their part and does uh, what they should do, there won't be an issue. So you feel comfortable that from next week that uh, a limited number of people can come in and then that down the track also, um, you'll be able to uh, have dogs from outside your area come in and race at Monaco again? We are looking forward to both instances, Mark, very much. We're looking forward to getting people back on course because we have a lot of uh, Manukau faithful or Manukau regulars as I call them. And, you know, they love to come to the track. I want to look after our caterer. You know, I just feel so sorry for all of the uh, hospitality uh, operators in New Zealand. And if we can do any which little bit to help, we will. And, of course, we want to get the Waikato and Cambridge dogs back to Auckland. And likewise, we want to get back down there because there are dogs that like the one-turn track and there are dogs that like the two-turn track. So the sooner we get back together, the better. But, uh, you know, as you correctly said earlier on, uh, it is what it is. We'll just take it uh, as it comes and do our very best. And, John, I know you've been doing all sorts of things because everybody there on track, and you say there's not very many, that, that everybody has to kind of muck in and do stuff. Now, I know, you know we spoke a few weeks ago to Thane Green, who's driving the lure for you there, and you're handling dogs. You've probably just kenneled dogs or got some dogs to kennel very shortly. So, so um, very, very different sort of situation for you as, as president. Uh, you're probably turning your hand to just about everything. Well, as I say, it's all hands on deck and, you know, that's one thing I thank all the LPs for. Everyone has just pitched in and no fuss, no, no, no noise, just in and do it. Um, yes, I've just finished kenneling dogs and uh, I've got uh, two catching and two boxing duties today, but that's okay. Um, you know, we'll, we'll get by. The one thing that I've learnt, Mark, was uh, 17 minute intervals when you've got four dogs in the next race, uh, you've got to run a bit. <laughs> Oh, yes, indeed. And it uh, does give you an mm. appreciation, doesn't it, of, 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 of the uh, logistics for, for some of the trainers and handlers. Um, look, John, you've got a dozen greyhounds that you uh, part own in today. And I'm going to throw it over to Andy McCook. Andy, I'm not sure we've got time to get through them all, but you can certainly pick the eyes out of some of them, including some of the shortest price favourites on the day. He yeah, looks like he's uh, got a, a hand in a few races today. John, good morning to you. Uh, we'll start good morning, off Andy. race number two. You've... Yeah, good morning, mate. We'll start off in the second where you've got two going around and uh, both in the market, Marcus and Otaki River, and uh, the latter of those are a very nice dog when he gets it right. Andy, Otaki River is uh, probably as quick as wheels on fire, but he has a tendency to run wide and he can miss the start, but he, he loves to draw wide. He's perfectly placed today um, and he'll be enormously hard to beat. Uh, Marcus... Uh, 
he's drawn well. He's uh, in box four with a spare box in uh, box three. He likes to get to the rail, but I don't think he's got the pace of the other dog. Uh, if the other dog gets out and jumps, he'll be awfully hard to beat. Race number four, you just mentioned him there. Wheels on fire, unbeaten since coming back from uh, from lockdown. And he comes up with box number four today with a couple of uh, vacant draws around him. Yes, uh, the vacant draws will help him, but uh, the dog in box two is a noted wide runner that jumps, and that worries me greatly today. Um, the good thing about Wheels on Fire is he can take a knock and he will keep going. He doesn't have to lead. He, uh, you know, people got to realise this dog's only just turned two, so he's got the world in front of him. He's got a lot of improvement in front of him, but he, he does have freakish speed, and, you know, he, he's not a backable commodity because he seems to be a dollar ten and a dollar twenty all the time, but I just love watching him race, and you know I'd like to see that form line keep going. It would be great for all. Yeah, it's good for racing, uh, having a dog like him going around, uh, remaining unbeaten. Yeah. Uh, in the six, Serbian Ace. Oh, look, he's a box one specialist, uh, Andy. Um, he really should be winning this race. Uh, the dollar seventy is not attractive. So I would have thought he might have been two twenty, two forty. So I think they've been a little bit uh, skinny on the odds, but he does like box one and. The uh, kennel mate, her power delight, she's quite well placed in box six too. She's getting on a little bit in years, but she's a genuine sort of a girl and she'll try hard. I like that Cornella actually. It's good to hear. Uh, keen to get your thoughts around race number seven as well, John. Pretty keen around Mirko personally. I, uh, I thought he was a big chance last week and he comes up with a really nice draw to play with today. Surprisingly, this is this dog's first draw uh, out of the red rug. He has never drawn box one. I've actually just kenneled him. He's a beautiful dog. We've been trying to put a bit of weight on him, uh, Andy, and we've got half a kilo on him today, so that's going to help him. But look, all four of these have drawn one, two, three, four, and any one of the four could win. House Surgeon's got a very good record out of box uh, two. And go ahead, caller. It's got that spare box on the outside of him, and he's racing really, really well. But the one that I'm going to probably lean to is your ready boots. Uh, we gave her a little hand slip on Wednesday and she absolutely flew around the corner and up the straight. Um, so uh, I always follow Tracy's lead. Whatever she boxes tends to be the one to be on and she's boxing uh, your ready boots in that. So I'll lean that way. But honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if any one of the four were there. It's good to get that lean though. Uh, race number eight, you've got two going yeah. around. Baseline and uh, Danish Delight who comes up with box eight. Danish Delight, I thought, was desperately unlucky not to win last week. She just got touched up about 15 yards short of the line coming through a uh, gap, and she was only two yards past the post she was in front. So, you know, eight's probably not her best draw, but if she can get across and sit close to them, I think she'll be running on very strongly. Baseline's not a bad dog, Andy, but he needs the rail, and he's been drawing eight. I think he had three eights in a row. Uh, He steps back up to 500 and draws box four with a spare box inside him. If he could find the the, the rail, he could uh, he could run in the first two. That dog, he's quite smart, but I think Danish Delight is probably our better chance there. And just quickly in race number nine, uh, John, you got two going around here: Ammonite Box One and For You Page, who uh, comes up with Box Three. Ammonite's a tiny little girl. She's actually quite a good little girl when she gets underway, but she can be a bit tardy from the start. One may help her, but she will need to be either up right on the pace because, as I say, she's only quite small. For you, Paige, he's been a surprise package. I uh, I had grave doubts on whether the dog would actually uh, win a race, but he's won uh, several races and raced very well, so he's getting better. He's a full little brother to Otaki River, and whilst he hasn't got his class, he, he, he as I say, he's improving all the time. And he has a very good record from box three, so I fancy for you, Paige, a little bit in that race today. 
That's good to hear, John. Thank you for your time today, and best of luck there today at Monaco. Thank you, gentlemen, and all the best to you both. Thanks very much, Jordan. That was uh, John Roberts. Of course, we thank Rosso for his time, and good to get a lean there from the uh, the team with a, a big amount of greyhounds going around today out of the uh, Tracy and Lisa Craig barn. And I'm a little bit nervous now. Mirko's my bet of the day, and uh, John Roberts is tipping out you ready boots, so I'll be a little bit nervous up till race uh, number seven. Excellent stuff, guys. Thank you so much. That's been Cameron. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Hey, Chasing.